हरि ओम यस्टर्डे आई वॉज टॉकिंग अबाउट आत्मा द चैप्टर टू एंड श्री कृष्णा हैज स्टार्टेड इज आर्ग्यूमेंट विथ द आइडेंटिफिकेशन विथ आत्मा एंड नॉट विथ बॉडी एंड सेंसरी ऑर्गन्स एंड द ग्रॉस द वर्ल्ड दट मैनिफेस्टेड वर्ल्ड दट वी सी श्री कृष्णा tells arjuna that the goal of our life is to realize this nature of our own self that is atma so realization of atma is a goal of life now i just want to bring that example of the chariot again back there is often a discussion what is what is it that we want to do in our life we have many dreams we have many ideas we have many goals we have many purposes generally we say that i want to have a lot of money or i want to have a big house or big property i want to have many pleasures in this life let's analyze this from the example of the chariot that i gave you the example of chariot i told you that there are five horses which are our sensory organs the rein the strings that hold the horses is the mind and that rein is in the hands of the chariot driver which is our intellect and the owner of the chariot is atma now the goals of our life we can divide first material life the eyes the ears the nose the skin the tongue they keep telling us what what should we have we want to have this nice looking house nice looking car nice looking phone and all of that that's our sensory organs telling us i want to eat very nice food that's my sensory organ so my most of the goals which are connected with money are connected with sensory organs and sensory desires the other material goal is again about power and ego power i want to control that is again connected with our sensory organs if we keep these goals in our life what is happening is these sensory goals sensory desires they pull my mind to the sensory to those objects of sensory desires and then that mind pulls my intellect so i start thinking how can i earn more and more and more and more money so i can have more costly phones i can have more costly better cars why better cars because they make my eyes feel very nice they make my skin feel very good oh you travel in this car and you don't feel that you're traveling that's a pleasure it's a sensory pleasure so my intellect is helping my mind my mind is helping my sensory organs achieve those goals that's my material life that's the goal of my material life shri krishna has given a different goal look at the direction he says instead of looking towards the sensory organs as the purpose of your life look at the atma as a purpose of your life and i told you atma is a idea of 
connection, interconnected consciousness. The idea is Atma of equality. The idea is a concept of divinity. So when I look at the Atma, the intellect is following the Atma. The intellect controls the mind and turns itself, turns the mind to the Atma. And that mind turns the sensory organs towards the intellect and Atma. This is spiritual dimension. I am going to explain these two directions to you. The material goals that we have, the sensory organs that pull us, is there a limit? We have to ask ourselves. Probably you will have a goal. There was some surveys, they were done. Younger people, they were asked. Teenagers were asked. Adults were asked, what is your goal? And 80% of them said money. And objects related to money, car, property. This, these goals, does it have any limit? If you get one million dollar, what happens? Do you think that's it? No. You say, now I want two million. When you get two, you say, I want ten. The goals have no limit. When you taste very nice food, does your desire to eat food stop there? No, you want to taste even better food somewhere. People travel from one continent to another continent just to eat food. There was one funny study that was done. Same wine, same wine was put into two different glasses. And one was given as a cheap wine and the second one was given as very costly wine. But the wine was same. And everyone who tested these two wines could figure out that they are different because of the price tag that was put on it. So it's our mind that just wants things better, but we really don't know what is better. Because everything that you go for in the name of better or even higher, there's no limit to it. Look at the clothes. You can get a simple t-shirt for two dollars or you can get a t-shirt for more than $500. There's no limit to that. If you look at what is happening in these goals or when you, get a, when you eat a chocolate, what happens? You feel happy. If you get a nice cloth, what happens? You feel great. If you get a nice phone, what happens? You feel great. What is it? We have to think. Where is that happiness coming from? Where is that joy and pleasure coming from? It comes from your own brain. There are certain chemicals in your brain that are secreted. The neurotransmitters, neurochemicals. And these chemicals create the sensation of pleasure. So can we say that when you eat a chocolate, it's actually a knowledge of the brain that this particular substance create these chemicals and makes me feel happy or makes me feel the pleasure sensation. So it's actually a knowledge. It's actually a information that's there or it's a learned condition of your brain or wisdom you can say.
This is material dimension I am talking about. So the knowledge is there as the source of everything. Earning more money and feeling happy is a knowledge that we have acquired. But then yoga says that the spiritual knowledge goes beyond that. Through the process of meditation, you can learn that you can be happy without chocolate. That's also a knowledge. So this is that other direction, the spiritual direction that I am talking about. Learning that I have earned a lot of money, but the money really doesn't make me happy. This is what Buddha learned. He was a, he was a king, he was a prince, but he learned that it really doesn't make me happy. This is a wisdom. This is that Atma direction, the second direction. If you look at these two dimensions, the chocolate that I eat gives me pleasure. But I learned that the chocolate, without chocolate also, I can be happy. This is also wisdom. Look at the difference between these two wisdoms. When I eat the chocolate, I get pleasure. Understand the nature of this pleasure. In Bhagavad Gita chapter 2, Sri Krishna has very clearly mentioned this difference. Now he is talking about the material pleasures, the sensory pleasures. So let's talk about it first. He says, Matras prashasthu kaunteya shitoshna sukha dukkada agama paino anityaha tansthitikshasva bharata Says, hey Arjuna, the pleasure that you get with these sensory organs, sensory desires is momentary. It doesn't last long. If you eat sugar, it gives you a temporary happiness, but it gives you a long-term suffering. Now it's very well known that sugar, eating too much sugar causes diabetes, but just not diabetes, causes hypertension, just not hypertension. It's responsible for heart diseases, cardiovascular diseases. There's a lot of evidence now with the studies. So the sugar that you think is giving you pleasure is actually giving you pain. I gave you one example of sugar. Take example of anything. New clothes. You think they give you pleasure? Well, how long they remain new? After a few days when they get old, you feel sad. Ah, oh, God. Oh, it's torn. New phone. Oh, very happy. You have a scratch on that glass of the new phone. How do you feel? Sad. So the same phone that made you happy is giving you suffering. If you don't get scratch, fair enough. But when you see someone else next to you having a better phone than yours, then whatever is your phone, it still makes you feel sad. So the idea here is very simple. The object that brings you pleasure, sensory pleasure, is the same object that will give you suffering and pain. So Sri Krishna is telling Arjuna that leave this experience of pleasure and pain connected with sensory organs because it's the nature of those sensory desires and they are not important for you. So everything that comes with money, everything that comes with ego, everything that comes with power has its own limitations.
it may give you pleasure but it will certainly bring pain with it as well there's a very interesting uh, study that was done i'll just very briefly tell you there were two monkeys they were brought into research lab and in that research lab they were kept in a small uh, glass enclosures open from top and the glass enclosures both enclosures had two holes a researcher went to the first monkey and the researcher tried to give a object non eatable object the monkey didn't know what it is it took it checked it smelled it realized it's nothing that it can eat it just dropped it but the researcher through the other hole asked the monkey to give that object back the monkey didn't understand but finally he gave it back the moment he gave that back the researcher gave the monkey a small piece of cucumber very nice juicy cucumber and the monkey smelled it it was very happy the second monkey was watching the first monkey say what is happening yo you got something oh cucumber oh wow i didn't get it but anyway the first monkey was eating it and he was very happy while he was eating he was showing it to the second monkey look what i am eating it happened three four times the researcher went to the second monkey and the researcher gave the object the same object non eatable object to the second monkey the monkey learned from the experience of the first monkey so this monkey didn't even bother to smell he just gave that object back and asked for cucumber but instead of cucumber the researcher gave this monkey a very nice sweet big juicy grape the monkey was even more happy he smelled it but when he got it what he did was very interesting he showed it to the first monkey the first monkey was surprised say oh instead of cucumber he got grape mm. so the second monkey was also happy then the researcher came to the first monkey and gave the object again now this monkey immediately gave that object back and asked for a grape but instead of grape the researcher gave him cucumber you know what happened you can imagine <laughs> the first monkey got so angry that he threw the cucumber at researcher <laughs> because he wanted grape just see the situation without getting involved in the story first time he got cucumber he was happy second time he got cucumber he was angry and sad the object that gives you pleasure often gives you pain buddha he was a prince and king he had all the pleasures of his life his kingdom was rich prosperous people had lot of respect for him so he had power he had all the pleasures he had the money he was married he was he was a family man he had a son everything was perfect for him but he was not happy and then how did he become happy he gave up all this sensory desires and objects of pleasure gave up everything no family no money no power no kingdom left in the forest this is that second dimension of that 
atma that i am talking about now shri krishna further highlights the pain and suffering aspect of this stress of this anxiety of this depression of this anger that comes with the sensory desires and ego the sensory desires and ego they are the material dimensions these two gives rise to this negative experience if you really study the stress anxiety anger depression what is it actually when you experience stress at that moment study yourself what is happening whatever the situation is whatever the events are taking place or whatever is the demand on you placed on you by the circumstances you are unable to take the right decision there is not enough wisdom to make this situation understandable to you so jnana the wisdom is not there maybe information overload is the reason or maybe there are internal conflicts maybe your previous experiences and whatever is happening there's mismatch there or maybe your conditionings are creating conflict or maybe the ethics and morality that you know is making a mess of your state of mind but what all of this internal conflicts are doing or confusions are doing is they are taking away your ability to make the right decision and the right decision is based on the right perception i'll tell you a very sh- short story there was a soldier and he had a fear of water as he didn't know how to swim and that fear of water resulted in fear of boats so he could not travel on a boat and if he would get on the boat he would have panic attack one day he was asked by the king to join a journey on a boat he could not refuse the king so he had to go there but when he got on the boat when the boat started poor soldier he had a panic attack when he had a panic attack it was awful he was shouting he was crying he was saying he can't breathe he was saying he is going to die now it was quite sad for the king to see that panic attack the king said to the captain please turn the boat we will drop him to the doctor the captain was a wise man he said my dear king give me a few minutes i will try one technique if it works we don't have to go back king said okay but be gentle and kind captain said no problem my dear king i will do that after 5 minutes the captain came back the king asked him how the soldier is feeling captain said my dear king please 
you have a look at him, you sir? The king went to see that and what he saw surprised him. The soldier was very calm and quietly sitting on the boat. He said, what did you do? The captain said, I didn't do much. I just went there and then I pushed him in the water. Are you crazy? And then what happened? He started drowning. Then, then I pulled him out of the water. Then I put him in the boat. Then, then he's fine. How come this transformation happened? The captain said that my dear king, before he used to fear that if he sits in the boat, the boat will drown him. That was the knowledge that he had. And that made him scared. When I put him in the water, he started drowning. So he experienced what is drowning. And then after the drowning experience, when I put him in the boat again, his knowledge of the boat changed. He realized that in the boat, you don't drown, but actually boat saves you from drowning. And that made him calm. So what happened? His wisdom brought change into his experience and the anxiety and stress gone. It's the wisdom, it's the knowledge that is necessary for us to deal with these negativities created out of sensory experiences, our desires, our ego. And what is that knowledge? And that knowledge is that first Example, uh, first example of the chariot I was giving you, the knowledge is instead of the sensory organs as our purpose and life goal, the Atma becomes a life goal. A very interesting story of Buddha is there. Buddha was sitting under a tree in a town and some young boys came there to blame him because they thought that he is not a right person, he might be a thief or someone who is trying to cheat us. So they started saying something bad about Buddha. Buddha was very quiet, he didn't say a word. This went on for an hour. The boys used many bad words for him. Buddha was very quiet. After an hour, one of the boys thought that, oh, maybe I should check if this man can hear me or hear us. So he went up to Buddha and he said, Hello, mister, can you hear me? Buddha opened his eyes, smiled and said, Yes, I can hear you. Say, ah, you can speak. Say, yes. Say, ah, did you get what we gave you? Buddha smiled and said, Look, what you want to give was your choice. If I want to accept it or not, it's my choice. I don't think what you said describes me. So I don't agree with your opinion. That's all. So there is no reason for me to get angry. This is wisdom. The wisdom has allowed Buddha to control his anger and stress or maybe sadness. So this wisdom comes with the Atma direction. What is this Atma direction that I am talking about? Yesterday I talked about Atma as the idea of equality and idea of connections, interconnected awareness, interconnected consciousness. How does it reflect in our life? I am going to speak about it tomorrow also, but I want to finish 
on a very interesting research that was done by Harvard, one of the topmost medical schools in the world, universities. A 75 year old research, probably the longest, which studied adults' behavior. Around 724 men were studied for 75 years for their health and happiness from different backgrounds. And the conclusion of that study is fantastic. The people who were healthiest were happiest. And what was common in them? Did they have a lot of money? Money and power and fame actually had no role to play in their health and happiness. What was the role? What played the role, the significant role? That was their relationships. The relationships either were personal relationships, family relationships, friends or society. And these relationships kept them healthy and happy. What is this relationship? How do you build relationships? Relationships are built when you understand the person as equal. The relationships are built when that equality brings unconditional love into your heart. Relations are not built by give and take. Relations are only built by give, give, give and give. And what do you give? You sacrifice your desires for the person. If you have a chocolate, you eat it. You get sensory pleasure. But if you have a chocolate and you share it, you build a relationship. And that building relationship still makes you happy. This is Atma direction. That interconnected consciousness is our purpose of life, purpose of our karmas. So every action, if it is in this direction, that connection is not necessarily only with people. It's with every object in the mother nature. That's why when you go and see the sunrise, it makes you feel happy. What is there? So hot. Right now it's so hot. You don't feel it. When you see the sun, brings you the energy. Because it's that Atma experience. When you see this beautiful waterfall from the nature, it brings you that happiness. That's Atma dimension. When you see a little child, very young child, smiling, which is beyond desires and ego, that child awareness is beyond desires and ego, that makes you smile, that makes you happy, is Atma dimension. When you serve someone, when you help someone, that makes you happy. That is Atma direction, dimension. I'm going to give you a last example, very interesting example. When there is something bad happening into your friend's life, you're of course sad, your friend is of course sad. There's no doubt about it. But then when you go and meet your friend, you gave your friend a hug. You have tears for your friend. What does your friend feel like? Does he feel sad or good? Does he feel happy in that sadness? Do you feel happy in that sad event? If you think you feel happy, 
that is the atma connection that is that interconnected consciousness which should become the goal of our life so i'm going to stop here today hari om